right. Welcome to the Pinstripers podcast, a podcast about pinstripers hosted by two pinstripers. I'm one of your hosts, Jack Fleming. And I am your other host, Freddie Villa. And today we have the great Bob Behanek, uh out of the Chicago area. Uh, he's a sign painter and pinstriper and all around great guy. Um, I did want to mention also before we get started that we did have a uh, sponsor for today's episode. It was an anonymous sponsor, so I just want to say thank you very much uh, for the help. Uh, We are asking $50 for uh, sponsorship per episode. If anybody would like to sponsor, we would give you a shout-out to your company, to your uh, friends, to whoever you want. We would give you a shout-out. And it would uh, help us out tremendously. Uh, Jack, you got anything? Yeah, I think we should probably say a, a thank you or a shout out there too to uh, Alicia with Cherry Bomb Pinstriping, who's been running our Instagram page for us. So. Yes, very much. Thank Big you thanks so much. to her. Yes, and thank you to all the listeners, everybody that's been giving us feedback and and you know telling us that you're that you're holding out and waiting for the next episode. We appreciate you so much because it really does push us to to continue this uh this uh podcast and it uh, it's been really great to hear the positive feedback absolutely well i think that's enough of the business jack uh let's get started what do you think sounds good man all right so here is bob Bahanic. hi jack good morning how you doing i'm fine how are you doing oh doing pretty good about halfway through my day so oh wow I just started my day. Sun just came up here a little while ago, so I'm ready to roll, you know. It's been getting hot here in Texas, so I've been starting at about 4 a.m. Really? Oh, yeah, triple digits, I hear. Yeah, we've been, I guess, getting close to 110 this week, so. Wow. That would melt my Stabilos. No no problem there. <laughs> yeah, the air conditioner in my shop quits working around 11, 11.30, so I only work a couple hours after that, and I'm done. Wow. Wow. It's not that hot here. It's probably only about 80 degrees here, so. But Sounds I'm ha- nice. I'm happy the sun is out, though. So. Well, it's good to have you on the podcast here. Uh, Freddie and I just talked about it a little bit and i guess i'm going to kind of lead the conversation today okay yeah welcome bob Sounds welcome we're we're happy to have you on honored to be on the on the podcast with you guys i really am well we appreciate yeah it. i guess a little background for the people that are listening uh both freddie and i met you whenever we were up in ohio at the uh american stripe still with steve yes yeah i I thought that was kind of interesting because we sat there and ate breakfast with you and all, and I had no clue anything about you or anything, and I've followed you on uh, Facebook and all since then, and you've got a really cool career history, I guess, so it's, you're somebody we definitely wanted to have on. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's it's been an interesting career. There's no doubt about that. The last 55-some years has been just an amazing journey for me. I I just love what I do, and I never felt like I worked a day in my life. You know, That's just awesome. one fun fun day after the other. You know, so I'd like yeah. to add, I, I, I'd like to add real fast just before uh, Jack gets into it. I uh, I've I've only heard good things about you too, Bob. Oh, good. Thanks. It's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Well, I'm helping everybody I can. That's for sure. Much as I can. So, you know. yeah, I see that. Uh, were you just at the Syracuse? No, I did not attend that. I had never been. I don't think I've ever been to Syracuse in my life. Really? No, no. I, I thought talked I to Artie many times, there. but that's about <laughs> it. You know, pardon me. I said I thought I saw that you were there at that. I... No, no, no. They, they. Uh, I think they. The money that they uh, generate goes to the Ron McDonald House, just like the one that we do here in Chicago. And I probably made a comment on that because that was that was that was really a, a noble on them to do that. So. Yeah, that's probably yeah. what it was. Yeah, I'm sure. Sure. I think it's kind of interesting. Total side note. <laughs> uh, I was recently at the children's hospital that we have in Fort Worth, and they have a Ronald McDonald house there. And sure. I thought it was really interesting because the children's hospital there is super colorful and big. And the Ronald McDonald house is like this small kind of apartment looking complex that's brick with no other colors at all. <laughs> really? Not what I expected. <laughs> well, the one here in Chicago is just kid friendly. There's there's paintings and all kind of kid artwork everywhere. And I've even been in there myself with my group doing a lot of artwork on the walls and uh, all, all over the uh, the whole complex. Yeah, it's uh, it's a totally different uh, appearance. I I think the there's a children's hospital right near it, and there's also a um, what do they want to call that uh I don't even know what, they, what you would call that, but it's 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 together. The, the Lower East Children's Hospital and Ron McDowell House work hand-in-hand hand to make children's stays comfortable and fun for the rest of the family, too, as well. So they they decorate it that way, you know, which is which is really neat. I mean, it's really neat to do go over there and work and have the kids watch you and just totally enamored what you're doing with a brush, you know fun so so it's decorated on the outside too then uh mostly on the inside and okay yeah the this yeah. one here might be i don't know i just like i said i drove by it and saw it as i would hope it is on the inside <laughs> you should uh stop in and uh take a tour if you can i'm sure they'll show you around you know yeah yeah, our, yeah uh, always great people our panel jam that we do in dallas goes to the scottish Rite children's hospital so that's oh nice yeah Anytime you can help children and families of children and their welfare, it's good. Especially at especially at my age anymore, I want to give back and uh, inspire another generation here somehow. So it's working. So I'm, I'm happy for that. I, I guess maybe to do a quick plug or whatnot. What is the panel jam that you're a part of running? Uh, this is called the Chicago Brushmasters. We have. Uh, we have started this this group up in 2007, and we're uh, we're split off of the Milwaukee Pinstripe Legends. They they and us are one big family. We're we're working in Milwaukee, and we're now we're working in Chicago for the last 16 years, and we've raised a million and a half dollars since 2007 to wow. help families stay close to their hospitalized children. I get choked up thinking about it. It's just uh, I never I never thought one piece of artwork at a time that would happen and i think god has blessed us since the beginning and all the right things have happened the right people have come into this group and we've moved forward uh raising a lot of money and helping a lot of people and a lot of these people we never meet we wouldn't meet maybe 95 percent of these people or more but they they stay there and we have 
three rooms dedicated in our honor, uh, two downtown and one in an outlying Ron McDonald house on the south side. And uh, our name is on that door. This is the That's people who cool. raise money for that. So it's amazing. Totally amazing. You know, so everybody's, everybody's real happy with us <laughs> that way. So I think one ourselves. thing I think is really neat with, I guess, all the panel jams that you see that are throughout the country and I assume outside of the country, what mm -hmm. it is that, that, you know, artists within our community, pinstripers, sign painters and so forth are able to do and give back with such kind of a, I guess nowadays it's looked at as being kind of a niche community in a way, but. Well, I, I think there's a, there's a certain part of it here that you're, you're moving the art form forward and, and there's never enough ways to do that, especially with younger people and families, you know, younger families. Uh, they don't, they don't have any idea sometimes that a lot of this stuff is actually done by hand they, they their their world is all digital their world is all printed and when they see us and they come out and they they get involved they're, they're just totally enamored with the fact that these people can hold a little brush and paint letters and pinstripe and all the beautiful designs and all that so they, you you gain more fans you gain more uh respect from a, a group of people that never would have seen you before you know that way and that 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 just perpetuates itself down the road to help move this art form and different different uh genres and different groups of people you know so it, it's working you know we're happy for that yeah the work that i see that comes out of well that i've seen come out of the one that are in chicago is fantastic yeah we we started off with uh a lot of sign painters, sign people, sign designer type people. Our whole our whole board of directors was that. Now the last sixteen years, we've uh, some retired, some moved away. Uh, we don't have as many of the sign people anymore, so they've been taking taking spots with pinstriping people, people that are are, are just solely pinstripers, and and uh, it's we we've blended this these two groups together to continue this this mission forward and it doesn't matter whether you're a pinstriper or a sign guy the same things are happening and the same cool results are are, are are being produced with this group and it's it's amazing i i get i get just so fired up by the time the whole thing's over with i i have enough inspiration to last for months afterwards awesome. you know <laughs> yeah yeah so you're saying your group there started mostly as sign painters then? Yeah, we we uh, we were go we it was a whole bunch of us that went to sign school together. We were in an apprenticeship program. There's a lot of other people that were in our group that worked the streets, and we we're all friends around here, competitors at one time, and friends now. And uh, we just got together one day and called the groups, and we we sat down. And we tried to figure out how we could run an event like this. But the the core group was sign painters. Uh, from from my apprentice program and uh we we were told by the uh the show promoters to you guys are the sign guys you guys are the display artists make your event the best you can make it design it and paint it and set it up and that's that was our uh that was our mission we did that and when you came to the show you, you came there and there's a there's our huge logo it's eight foot long it's it's all hand carved 23 karat gold leaf, you know, and it's like 
people look at it and go, whoa, well, how did you do that? Well, that's our industry. That's what we do. And this is how we're promoting ourselves. And it's just one year after another, people got used to seeing that. And they come and they, they know as soon as they see our Brushmaster logo, you want to go watch these guys. These guys are phenomenal. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing that just keeps, I could say, perpetuating itself bigger and bigger and bigger. But what? Bob, did we lose Bob? Uh, I think so. All right, let me just check here. <laughs> maybe he pushed a button. Maybe I didn't push anything. I didn't touch anything. Okay, give me one second. Hello? I didn't push anything. Ah. I know that. <laughs> we got uh, you I can back. hear both of you now. <laughs> yeah, we got you back. Well, okay. I, I'm trying right. to troubleshoot, like, what could have happened, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and we were just getting into your story while I was sitting here I was listening intently <laughs> I forgot where I left off <laughs> um, oh, the I think on my end you dropped out you had, you were talking about the sign that you have and the presence that you guys make at yeah, right. the, that, we, we realize in the sign industry you know the, the first impression you make is the sign that you have in front of your business on your truck mm -hmm. so we use that premise to build our own brand at, at the at the world of wheels show here in chicago at mccormick place and we hit the mark i mean we we were told by the uh the promoters in the in the world of wheels they, they did run all these shows across north america they said you guys hit just what we wanted and you know that's hard to design something that is perfect and it's going to work and could have people understand what you're trying to do and give that special look to it. And with, with all our, our knowledge and all our experience in the industry, we did what they wanted to do. And it, 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 just, it just made us very successful from that point forward. And I, I was just, just really happy how that all went. You know, may I ask? I never did it before, you know, so. May you know, I ask, was there submissions for the design, or how did that go about to be actually uh, well, finalized? Well, we, we sat around, we sat around as, as a group and, and just kind of brainstormed the whole idea. And uh, I drew down some sketches. A couple other guys drew some sketches. And I came up with this script, and we came up with like a little, like a little plate that you would have on a side of a car. Like a, a a logo of some kind, and it went from one thing to another. We we kind of fine tuned it, and I I drew a, uh, a finished drawing and did a. I believe I used a Rubylit to put it in a computer, and I gave it to a couple of people that are real good with computers, and they they made a finished uh, rendering of it, and uh, then we 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 put it into motion and made a three dimensional. Uh, eight foot logo to to put up on the uh, stage from that point. It it took a long time. It, it took us about eight months to build it. It was very very labor intensive. I we must have had six or seven people working on it just to get it done. And then we we all got together at a at a at a shop and we go leaf the whole thing one day uh, on a Saturday and and that was that was a lot of fun. You know, <laughs> go leaf is really interesting. Uh, uh, you know. Uh, art form to to work with and once you got it once you got it leafed and you start burnishing and all that there's nothing like gold 23 karat gold and it was just we all look we all stood there looked at it and go people are gonna love this you know so, yeah yeah 
So we, we, we've, we've really had a great time all these years doing what we're doing. And last year, we, uh, we broke a record. We raised $107,000 in two and a half days. Wow. At the show. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, we had a Rat Finker union, too, at the same time. And that brought in a lot of different uh, different artists from a lot of different places around the country that specialize in Rat Fink art. And uh, everybody loves to buy Rat Fink art. So that probably had something to do with our, our success last year. But nonetheless, it was fun. It was a blast. So, you know. So was the Rat Fink part of that? the rat finker union part a one-year thing then or yes it was uh i heard from the world of wheels uh, people that uh, they wanted to bring in uh and have a rat finker union uh in, in the show and that's just up our alley because that's what we do best right. culture art so we just kind of made huge banners and decorated everything to the hilt had big rat finks everywhere and and hats and all kinds of stuff and people walked into our area and they just they knew right away that this these people are cool because they got rafting stuff everywhere you know that's awesome so we, we've gained some we gained some new people some new uh you know show patrons just come to the show and seeing us there now they'll probably come back and want more now so so that's all good it's all positive you know that's really cool about how many artists did you guys have at it then uh, it depends. Uh, every, every day, Friday and Saturday, Sunday, we have different uh, numbers. But altogether, we probably got a hundred artists wow. uh, coming and going, and all that. And they bring artwork in. Some people just stop by and drop stuff off. Some people send me artwork from different parts of the country uh, just to have a piece in the show and all that. So it's a compilation of a lot of different people in a lot of different places and in all types of different genres of art. I and mean, it's it's an art show actually. It, uh, it's three-dimensional pieces. It's flat panels. It's uh, we we even let her race cars there and and commercial vehicles at our show just to show people how things were actually done back in the day, and that that amazes people. They'd stand there, especially younger people, and they're enamored. They they cannot believe it's not rap. It's it's painted, you know. Right. But but that's part of our that's part of our mission to show people that we are still out there and we still do this type of work. And, uh, and again, that, that has brought on a whole new uh, fan base for us across all Chicago land here in the Midwest. So it's been fun, you know, that way. So are you actually located in Chicago then or suburbs or I'm in the Southwest suburbs of Chicago, not too far. I'm about six miles from the lake. And, uh, my, my whole area here is just really, uh, there's just there's just sign painting and pinstriping everywhere. I, there's, I I don't know of any other city that I've ever been to in the United States that has this much uh, custom culture art on the street everywhere. And it's 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 less than it was back in the 60s and 70s and the 80s. But nonetheless, it's still being done by a lot of people. And everywhere I drive, I see a pinstripe truck, a pinstripe car, a pinstripe race car, hot rod. They're all over. They're everywhere. And I, I, I'm thinking that all these people with our, our Brushmaster group has perpetuated this even further with the younger crowds. And they understand what it is now, and they want it. They're looking for it. I want my motorcycle pinstripe. I want my car, my, my truck. And we're all busy. All of us are busy doing a lot of work these days. And that that is one thing that I'm very, very thankful for, that we were able to 
promote that within our brushmaster group and keep that alive, you know, for now. So it's good. I always feel like people buy into what they see and what they're surrounded by. And right, right. I, I guess if you're keeping it alive and you're educating people and you're putting it out there and all, more people are going to see it and it's going to keep it around. Unfortunately, there's so many places where it seems like that's kind of the opposite. Like, yeah, I know. I went, I went to a family reunion in Los Angeles here about four years ago, and I drove around all over the area, and I I think I saw one car that had pinstriping on it. That was it. And I don't know if I, was, I wasn't there at the right time or I didn't go in the right place, but I was very surprised having the, the climate they have out there. Uh, I didn't see anything like they have around here in Chicago, so I'm not really sure. I don't know a lot of the people out there, so I don't know what their climate is as far as the artwork goes. So I can't really say for sure. But I know here in this city, in this area, it's everywhere. And it's so cool. So cool. It kind of makes me curious because I see a little bit here. I go to car shows all the time, and that's mostly where I see anything. Sign painting-wise, if I go into some of the bigger cities and stuff. But I'm wondering, like, and I'm actually asking Freddie here, do you see any of that where you're at? Or uh, Sign painting, I do see signs quite a bit. There. We do have a couple of sign painters that were in town, and uh, a fellow by the name of Paul, I cannot remember his last name, but he did a lot of signs for the city. Um, so okay. it's, it's really nice. Uh, he, he left a, a, quite a legacy of artwork around here. But pinstriping, um, it's rare. Honestly, it's very rare. Um, I've actually seen, if I see some of the stuff, it's, it's mostly from, uh, Mikey Aries and he's on the uh, East coast of Florida. Yeah. Uh, another fellow by the name of, uh, uh, Chris Palmatier. He's in Brandon. So he's a couple towns away, but generally I see those two guys stuff. Um, I have one time seen, what looked to be, uh, I think there's a fellow by the name of Tony Perez that does these um, small uh, Southwest style little pictures at the end of pinstriping. It's like a canyon with some cactus. And I saw the truck in passing and I, oh, I wanted to chase it down. I like, <laughs> I couldn't, you know, I barely <laughs> yeah. saw it and I was like, oh, I want to see it, you know, but no, not much, to be honest, not much. Yeah, just curious there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's surprising to hear that in Chicago there's so much to see like that. You know, I, I even work around a bunch of uh, tractors because I work at a warehouse, and I'm always looking and, like, peeking at the tractors and saying, oh, is that is that hand-painted or not? And generally, it's not. Yeah, that's that's what's going on these days, though, too. And I think most of the, the painted vehicles right now, hand-lettering, are, are specialized antique vehicles or just an old-school uh tractor owner that wants it painted, painted by hand there's some of those out there too and that's 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 good i'm glad that 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 is still happening that way but uh, normally it's not everybody do get the sticker they put it on and they just hit the road and they're gone you know and it is what it is but you got a, a real expensive truck like that and it just kind of looks like gee they didn't put the icing on the cake this time why didn't they do that you know why didn't they put the extra extra decoration on there somewhere to make it special and i guess people Maybe they're leased trucks. Maybe they can't do that. I don't know. I don't know what the actual reason is, but uh, I do see some still around here like that. They're painted, so I'm, I'm glad for that. You know, I don't see hardly any at all ever around here. <laughs> you know, my really? my assumption, Bob, is that they just don't know it's still available to them. So they, you know, they get what's 
available to them was probably a sticker. And you know, it never really fits right. It's it's like a, something that really wasn't made for the truck. And it is unfortunate to see, you know. Well, they they probably just order uh, ordered online, or they go somewhere and say, "I just want a you know white whatever," and they print it out and stick it on. And whether whatever the color truck is, they don't realize there's a, you have to contrast colors and make it look right, and they just don't care, you know. Yeah. But they're probably doing what they what they what everybody else does in their area, and they just that's that's the way it is. But you know, I, I know that there's uh, there's other places in the country, like I know the East Coast near New York. There's a lot of a lot of sign painters over there, pinstripers that are doing trucks. Uh, uh, that's another area that is just probably even more so than here in Chicago. Uh, from what I've seen in you know in Signcraft magazine and different things on social media, there's a lot of that going on out there. And yeah, that seems like that's where I see most of it. Yeah, but rest of the country, not so much. And there used to be a lot of guys in Canada too that did a lot of uh, truck lettering and striping, and all that. But I don't see, I don't see that anymore. I don't know if that's really was something that happened twenty, thirty years ago, or I don't know. I really don't know. I haven't been up there in a while, so can't say. But you know. Well, I'm kind of, and then for the listeners here a little bit, uh, we're we're talking about trucks and all. Your career, I, I'm. I guess I'm assuming here has mostly been sign painting. Has it been like what fields of sign painting have you mostly been involved in? Uh, well, I, I started off uh, with an apprenticeship program, a uh, five-year program with the uh, local 830 sign and pictorial and display workers. And uh, we go through a very comprehensive uh, program. And our, our instructor was Ken Millar. I don't know if you're familiar with that name. Uh, he, just passed away here. he just passed away here about well, seven or eight months ago, and he was our instructor. He was he was one of the head designers at Beverly Sign Company in Chicago. That's a, a company that that just modernized sign painting uh, back in the fifties and sixties. And uh, he he taught us he taught us from the ground up a good foundation of uh, how to how to how to do hand lettering. And, and and for the first two years, we didn't didn't even touch a brush. We basically drew type. And modified type, and he was he was actually teaching us how to be sketch sketch artists. So we would wind up in some whatever companies we worked for doing the design work for billboards and and advertising, outdoor advertising. Didn't realize it at the time. I thought, well, I want to paint, and I want to paint, but here, no, 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 you got to draw this first. Muscle memory, <laughs> muscle memory. You know, and I I look back at it now, and I see why he did this. He, he even told us that because. He says, 30, 40, 50 years from now, you're going to thank me. I did thank him because now people are looking for something that was hand-drawn. Well, I know how to do that now. I know how to draw type. I know how to modify type. I know how to design with type. And this is what, this is what we were taught. So going, going into the actual sign business, that, that's basically what I did. I, I, I worked in a, a commercial sign shop for uh, my whole career, uh, one company in particular for about 35 years, and uh, I was their sketch artist. I was a man that was doing the design work for all their outdoor advertising and all their trucks and everything. And uh, I did a lot of, lot of sign painting as well. Uh, that, that was another thing. That once, we, once we got into that part of the apprentice program, then we all went nuts because we were designing these signs. Now we were hand painting them and making actual 
small renderings of these designs we were coming up with. And we were all competing against one another at school, trying to outdo one another. And, it, you know, I, I, I could not wait to get to school. I could not wait to do the next project. I could not wait to talk to the, to, to the teacher, to Mr. Millar, and ask him questions. And he told me what to do. And he, he was a kind of, kind of instructor that would tell you the right thing to do. And then he'd let you make the mistakes. And then he'd ask you, well, what did you do and why did you do this? And then you'd have to tell him that. And then you yourself realized you made a mistake and you tried to correct it. He didn't tell you it was wrong. He just made you think about it. He, he set us all up to be very successful at what we did. And there's, there's a whole bunch of us here in Chicago that went through this program that could tell you the same thing. It was just an amazing journey. And some of the guys that went through the school with us didn't even realize what they were getting. And, and now we sitting back and look at it and we're just completely thankful for all that effort we put into drawing all that those lettering and listening to what he had to tell us and teach us from his experience in the industry. So that that's where it started for me. And then I, 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 I basically uh, just worked in the design department and uh, all those years. And, and then here's an interesting thing with the pinstriping. I don't know how, how people did it around other parts of the country, but uh, being involved in the sign industry, you're not even thinking about pinstriping. Uh, but I, I seen some people here in Chicago back in the late 60s. I shouldn't say people. I would say vehicles that were pinstripe, hot rods race cars, and I, I looked at it, I thought, that art form is so cool. I wonder how they do that. So started asking questions, and people in the sign industry, and my mentors and stuff, they had no clue about the pinstripe, and they were just sign people. So I started reaching out to sign supply houses and found out if they had special brushes for it, and, and lo and behold, we found some Grumbacher plastic-handled black-haired pinstriping brushes that you couldn't turn just for straight lines you know so i bought some and i, I bought i found some mac brushes and and then at, at the school at our apprentice program before we started class there was like three or four of us that were interested in pinstriping so we we helped one another learn pinstriping by just practicing what we've seen on on tv or see on the, on the street or wherever we saw the the pinstriping on cars and stuff. And we got pretty good at it. And we realized that down the road, we that there wasn't a lot of sign painters that pinstriped as well. It was the, There was a group of people that pinstriped things. And there was a group of people that painted signs. So we what we wound up doing in the early 70s, we blended those two art forms together. The whole bunch of us here. And we, we could letter a truck or a car and then pinstripe it all at the same time. So it rolled out of the shop, completely done. Because before that, you would, you would take your car to get pinstriped somewhere, and then you'd have to take it somewhere to get lettered. Two different places, and the truck would be laid up for two days, three days, whatever it was. So blending all that together and forming a complete project like that was what, what your clients wanted. They didn't want to lay up their truck too long. So wound up with a lot of pinstriping going into the open areas of a truck that maybe say the hood, the trunk, 
or, or a tailgate rather or a door handle or something just add a little details to a truck that was lettered but not take away from the lettering you put a pinstriping in sort of a subtle color so it doesn't 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 really stand out a lot when you walk up to it and go oh this is so-and-so's truck oh but look there's this decorations by the door handle and the hood. That's cool. I want one like that. And come in and do another one. So this was all going on in the early 70s. And all these years since then, it just kept getting more and more. And now, like I said before, you'll see a lettered truck that's just pinstriped everywhere. It's, it's, it's taken that long for it to get to this point. But it's not gone away. So that that's basically what happened to me in my my career. I love pins, I love I love sign painting. I really love designing things. That's my forte. But oh, I'm curious. My, my, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I when I wound up what I wound up doing was when I do my pinstriping, I use the same design principles and color principles I use in sign design with my pinstriping. So that's why it may look a little bit different than other people. I don't know, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. Well, on that point, no, that's one of the things that I find really attractive about your work is it does have a little bit of a different sense of design to it. And I studied design in school, and I think that's what I pick up on it. But I was curious because um, you mentioned that you worked for a design department for like 35 years. Were you doing this on the side or at a different time period or... Well, what usually would happen was after I after I would design the uh, the, the sign or well, actually for stuff on trucks uh, or a car, I I the guys in the shop would take the sketch and make a pattern from it, and they put put the lettering on, or I would do it sometimes depending on how busy we were, and then they'd pull me out of the office and I'd go do the spin strike, and then the car would, car or truck would just just leave after it was dry. That's how that usually worked. So uh, I mean, I'm still doing that. I still go back there and I still pinstripe because uh, they still need me to do that. So they do the lettering. A lot of times it's vinyl. Sometimes it's paint. Sometimes gold leaf. And I'll just go pinstripe it and complete the job. You know, I don't ever want to quit. <laughs> it's too much fun. <laughs> well, was this a company then that's pretty general and broad doing stuff for stores and stuff as well? Or was it mostly transportation oriented or... Well, at the time, I'd say in the 60s, 70s, 80s, it was, uh, we did everything. We did electric signs. We did uh, wood signs. We did uh, sandblasted signs. We did, uh, we probably did probably four to 500 trucks a year. So there was a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, commercial work being done, you know, small hand lettering signs and, and that type of thing. And uh, it, it was, it was, it was everything that you could possibly need uh for advertising uh we did there so it's uh it's it's kind of still the same way there's still a lot of work being done that way probably more electric now than before um but there's a lot of wraps being done now there's a lot of vinyl being done now you know but anytime anytime anything needs to be painted they i usually get involved in some way or another either with the design or helping out somehow you know so it's uh it's keeping me attached and and uh, to to the to the trade, no doubt, you know. So, were you technically retired then, and then come in, or I, I'm semi-retired, basically, yeah, yeah. Or I'm just tired. I'm not sure. <laughs> you're not retired. You're retired. <laughs> I'm just tired. Yeah. No, but I, I I still get all fired up over this stuff. I uh, I I really love doing it. It's uh 
there's a lot of design work out there because people want to see it done by hand. They don't want the computer, the, the, the sterile font look. So here, here's that. Here goes back to my, my, my days at the French program learning how to do this. You know, this is, this is even bigger now than it was back 40 years ago because of that. So, and I, I'd like, to, I'd like right, to chime you know? in real fast, Bob. Uh, I think it, sure. I, I think it really shows that you're still passionate for this stuff. I think your art, your artwork, and your lettering, and, and, and your uh, your pinstriping has a a real contemporary feel. Like it, you know, it feels modern. Like all the stuff that you that I see come out of you, even even you know the 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 little kind of sayings that you write down sometimes, like the little daily sayings. It all looks yeah, very sure. modern, very cool. I mean, it just it's to me it looks super cool. And uh it, well, it thank you. catches my eye, yes. I think I think a lot of that goes back to the early design principles that I learned back at apprentice program. It's like industrial design. You see a let's say you see a 1970 Chevelle mm -hmm. SS. Mm -hmm. You know, that car was designed by in the late sixties, but today you look at it. It still looks that way. Yeah. It still looks good. Yep. You know, same principles that we go, go into industrial design, I think, go into sign design and even pinstriping design. It never gets old. You can do it. And 30 years from now, you look at it and it looks great. You know, I've always, I've always taken my design process and keep molting it into something else. I get inspired by a lot of things that I see and in, in the sign industry, which, which translates into the pinstriping industry. And I kind of keep going back and forth and using all that. All that inspiration I see to to make new designs with pinstripe and go different directions, different shapes, and all that stuff. A lot of the, a lot of the shapes I use in pinstripe are shapes from letters. I can see, believe that. it or not. Yeah, I can. And see scripts that. and scripts. Yeah, you know. absolutely. And, and even you said the word movement, and that's really what what stands out to me. Like there's tons of movement in your in your work, even if it's just a simple thing. It's like it's it's got a legit movement to it you know right 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 and i think i think that a lot of the younger generation they they want to do lettering they want to learn how but they don't want to learn it the way that you have to learn it to be able to be successful at it and i i get a lot of people that contact me and they want to learn everything i know in two weeks or less yeah I'm, now, I'm, not, I'm not kidding now i've had a lot of people asked me that so that same parameter and i thought no 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 i'm 72 years old i'm still learning you never stop learning you cannot just figure you're going to teach get, get taught to do something and in two weeks or less and you're going to be set it's not going to happen you know that way so i don't know if these if these younger people that after i tell them that they just kind of walk away or they're, they're out there trying to do something or not i don't know but that's what i tell them you know I had, gosh, I got so many questions. <laughs> uh, you <laughs> mentioned, going. yeah, you mentioned the Beverly Sign Company a little while back, and the fact that your instructor had worked there. I remember seeing not too long ago. I want to say within probably the past month. There's a project that you were working on that dealt with sketches from there. Or? Yeah, I, I, uh, I feel very blessed here. I, I had. Uh, a good friend of mine that worked with my mentor at Beverly Sign Company, Danny Collier. He's a he's a great sign painter, stock car driver, and everything. And he he called me up one day. It's probably about twenty five years ago, and he said, "I have a whole bunch of 
colored rendered sketches from the Beverly Sign Company, and I don't know what to do with them. Do you want them? And I said, yeah, sure. Give me your address. I'll be right over. And I went to pick them up, and I brought them home. And then about two days later, I got a call from another fellow I know here in Chicago, and he said, I have two boxes of drawings from the Beverly Sign Company. I'm going to throw them away, but do you want them? Okay, so here I am. I've, in a matter of two days, I've had probably four to five hundred sketches from this company. These are these are these are sketches that they're like the, what do they call the Dead Sea Scrolls. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So here I am. I got all these these colored and the pencil line drawings, and I think, okay. What am I going to do with these? I mean, I, I, I love looking at them myself, but they need to be seen by other people. And back in the day, 25, 30 years ago, no one was really interested in seeing these. I, I, I talked to the Chicago Historical Society. I talked to all these preservation Chicago people. And I talked to all these different people here in the city. And I thought, this is what I have. This is a history of Chicago in, in, uh, in hand-drawn artwork nobody was interested nobody so i put them in a box and forgot them for a while and i got talking to todd swarmstead at the american sign museum in cincinnati and uh we we talked through the the whole process and we decided to bring in uh former employees from beverly sign company and have a reunion so to speak at Danny Collier's shop here in the South Side of Chicago. So they all came up, they brought their cameras, they brought their their video equipment, and the guy brought in all these different employees from the company. We got together and we, we talked about this and we had a we had a uh, we had a lot of people there that day. A lot of people signed people in Chicago all came because they were interested. Okay, so once that was over with, Todd took a whole bunch of the colored renderings back to the museum in cincinnati and now there's a beverly sign company wing in the museum with all these uh, sign designs that he took from that reunion we had he's there on display there along with some reverse glass gilded uh pieces of uh, artwork that the beverly artists did that were in the office of beverly sign company so that's all there it's not a real big wing but it's nonetheless it's it's telling people the history of the company. So I had all these other sketches, probably another 300 some sketches or so that I had in a box and all this. And I tried to get a book printed. Now, Ken Millar himself tried with different, uh, uh, different people to try to produce this book for him. And one day he, he said to me, listen, I'm going to give all this to you and you try to keep this going. So now try to make this book happen. So, 20-some years goes by, and all of a sudden, I get a call from these two sign painter friends of mine, Kelsey and Andrew McLennan in Chicago. They said to me, you know, there's, there's a building here in Chicago near Wrigley Field. They just took the siding off of it. And underneath the siding is this wood-slatted billboard on both sides of this old building. And they're going to tear this building down in 30 days. I think, oh, my gosh. So I drove over there right away. And I wanted to see exactly what was there. And it was, it was one sign and was one side of the building was painted in 1929. And the other side of the building was painted in probably in the early 30s. And the name on the, on the sign 
uh, on, underneath who did the sign was a name that Jack, uh, was Briggs. And Jack Briggs, as far as we could tell, anyway, he was one of the people that started Beverly Sign Company. So what happened was they had all the uh, people in that area around Wrigley Field walking by this building. They could not believe there's old signs on this building were just beautiful. They were like brand new. So the TV got involved. Two or three TV stations got involved. They were there taking pictures. We went over there and did interviews with us. They were on, we were on TV telling people about Beverly Sign Company and and these signs and the history behind it all. They thought they thought these were from the 50s, but they were like 20, 25 years even older than that. So anyway, what happened was it created a huge buzz in the north side of Chicago. So the Beverly. The Beverly area of Chicago is on the south side. They heard about it, and there's a historical society there. They got involved, and one thing led to another. And all of a sudden now, we thought, now is the perfect time to try to make this book. So Kelsey and Andrew McLennan uh, contacted some people here in Chicago, and a lot of people were interested. So now we're in the process now using a lot of these sketches in this, it's gonna be a sketchbook basically. Like, I don't know if you've seen the the sketchbook that Noah Weber put out. I've seen the advertisements for it. I want a copy of it, but I haven't been able to. I mean, it's it. it's gorgeous. <laughs> it's all it's all hand drawn. And Noah Weber, one of this is this is an interesting too. Noah Weber was in the sign school here in Chicago with me. Oh wow! Uh, with Ken Millar, he was he was there, and so he knows the process of hand drawn. Letters and alphabets and design and all that. So anyway, anyway, he got involved here a little bit too. I think he's going to do the preface in the book and all that. But anyway, we should have this book done and ready probably first part of next year. And it's going to be it's going to be called the Golden Era of Sign Design. And it's going to have it's going to have a lot of these sketches in their color and the pencil drawings, stories, background stories. Uh, they're 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 interviewing some of the. Uh, the employees from Beverly Sign Company that are left. We got a couple of interviews coming up next week, and we're going to put all these little side stories in there. And it's going to be a really interesting, interesting visual, inspirational book for people that want to learn uh, sign design. And this is the last. This is the last stop because there's no other sketches after this. This right. is it. So I, I'm I'm so happy I was able to actually get this into a book form. Because if they, if these boxes just sat here and we didn't do anything with them, what would happen? If something would happen to me, they would probably wind up in a dumpster, you know, at some point. But right. now they're they're going to live on. So that's what that that's what this project is basically all about. That well, I remember seeing. I guess there was like a GoFundMe or a Kickstarter or something right. like that for that. Is that still right. going or is that done or? It's it's well we met our goal. I think I think the goal was forty five thousand dollars, and I think now we're probably way over fifty some thousand dollars. People are donating to to the cause, and they're they're gonna they're gonna actually buy a book. Or, or so you can books. still get in on that, and, yeah. and I guess yeah. basically pre order a book. Right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, I hope I can do that. <laughs> it looks like such a cool book. <laughs> well, if nothing else, it's it's inspirational. If you ever get involved in doing something from the way we learned it, that the book is the best the best solution to it because that's like a it's like a history book looking at it. So yeah, know, that's really because that's like a it's like a history book looking at it. So you know. yeah, that's really cool. Well, kind of I guess a side note we we talked about 
or you talked about how a group of you had, I guess, blended pinstriping and lettering together there in the mm-hmm. area. And it kind of sounds like you guys self-taught yourselves on the pinstriping part of it. Well, basically, in the late 60s, there was no uh, there was no videos, tutorials, any kind of thing you can see on social media. We had to learn by what we saw in vehicles. And uh, I think Hot Rod Magazine probably had some small little black and white pictures of Von Dutch and uh, uh, Ed Big Daddy Roth back in the late 50s, early 60s. Uh, but it was, it was hit or miss, you know? So, right. uh, I, I think when the sign guys got a hold of this whole thing, <laughs> and here I'm going to go back to drawing letters. We use the same strokes. We use the same, uh, practice, uh, pieces that we, we did with, with typography and we, we in, 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 in instituted them into our pinstriping designs. You know, and we stretched them, we bent them, we modified them, we put them together, and we inspired one another. Use I'll use a little bit of Tom's, and I'll use a little bit of Jim's, and they'll use a little bit of mine, and we kind of went back and forth. We created our own look, basically from from this our sign background. <laughs> Would you say that there was much pinstriping in the Chicago area prior to that then, or? It was very, very little. I, I would see a, a hot rod once in a while. It had a pinstriping on the trunk, or I'd see a little uh, uh, pinstriping, a couple lines. Uh, they had a lot of scallop work back in the 50s. Some of those cars had, and they, they did a little bit of pinstriping. But it was far and few between, and I think a lot of that pinstriping uh, uh, inspiration was coming here f- from the West Coast very slowly. And right. One of the guys that I, I used to see pinstri- him do pinstriping or have, have done a car or a race car for a while, did a lot of work in California. And I think he learned a little bit of pinstriping when he was out there and he came back to Chicago, did some race cars here, and uh, added pinstriping to his finished lettering jobs on these race cars. And, and we just stood there, looked at it, and we just, we had to change our shorts. I mean, it was, it was, it was, so, it was so cool. I mean, what is this stuff? You know, we got to learn how to do it. And, and one of the guys. Do you remember his name or? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Art Dexter. Okay. He was one of, he was one of the guys that inspired me to, to, to uh, lettering and pinstriping back when I was just in, a teenager in high school. I'd see cars that he did. We'd go to the racetrack, the stock car tracks, and he would letter a lot of the cars there. And uh, there was another guy um, called Papa Bear Becca. Papa Bear Becca was, actually, he worked with Dexter uh, at times. They, they had a business together. Uh, Papa Bear was a uh, traditional sign painter. He used a mall stick. And he, he did finished sign work, very nice finished sign work, where Art Dexter was more... Uh, loose, a uh, cartoony type type sign painter and pinstriper, and but the two of them worked together. They they contrasted one another's uh, work really well. They could work together on a car, and you can tell that Papa Bear did that part of it, and Dexter did the other part of it. <laughs> it was it was it was a, it was an art show. Every time you went to the racetrack, the, the, either the drag strip or the stock car uh, track, you could you could go down in the pits and look at everything. You knew exactly who did what. You know, and there was another fellow that is part of our Brushmaster group. He's still he's still around, called Ron Yelenek. I'd see he was he was right here where I lived, and probably three four miles. He had a shop from my house, 
And I'd go to my grandfather's house and I'd have my dad drop me off by his shop. And I'd just stand there and stare in his window and look at all his work. Never met him. <laughs> but, I, but, but his work was so inspiring. And I, I thought, well, one of these days I'm going to run into this guy. And right before we started the Brushmasters, uh, we, were, had a, we had a big, there was a big pinstriping event. On the north side of Chicago, we had some chicken place. And all these people from the west coast were here, pinstripers sign guys and they're were, they're were auctioning off all this stuff they were making and i know there's a guy in the parking lot with this little display and a long beard and a funny hat and i walked up to him and i said who are you he says i'm ron yonick i go oh crap i finally met you after i don't know how many years for <laughs> 30 40 years so we got him on our on our board directors here at the Brushmasters, and he's still very very uh uh, visible and working with us and, and being part of this whole group, you know, and it's neat having somebody like that. I've known all these years, known of anyway, right. you know, it's just more inspiration going. And now I'm inspiring him too. And we're just kind of going back and forth like we did back in the sixties. So Absolutely cool. yeah. Yeah. It's been an interesting journey. <laughs> I, I guess something else that I wanted to ask about, uh, and then you've kind of touched on it just a little bit here and there. I've got, I know one book that was published by, is it Signcraft? And then I had a subscription to Signcraft before it went totally digital and all. You worked with them for quite a while, didn't you? Doing articles and whatnot, or I yeah, I worked about forty five, oh, about forty two years, I think. I worked in Signcraft. I'm still doing some things with them. They they've been taking some of the old. Uh, uh, articles that I read, and they've just modernized them and, and changed them a little bit, some of the wording and verbiage uh, into today's world. And I, I help them modify that from time to time. Uh, it's it's not in every every other month like it was before, but I'm still involved with them uh, in different different uh, projects they they work on from time to time. So it's been interesting too with them because I I got to know a lot of people in the industry through Signcraft, and a lot of people know me and through social media now they they contact me and they have questions and they they just want to thank me sometimes or whatever i did and help them and so on and so forth and it's been it's been an interesting uh journey with with the Signcraft uh people and and that magazine all these years it's been fun a lot of fun and i i i know how important it is to me when i saw things and other magazines like Signs of the Times when I was younger. And when I know when I first got into the sign business, I, I went around trying to get information from the local sign painters. Nobody would talk to you. Nobody. You walk in their shop and they just put their brushes down and say, what do you want? I just don't want to learn how to do this. And he says, no, get out. That's what they did. So when Ken Millar, my, you know, I just talked about him, the first Signcraft magazine came out in 1980 or 81, I think it was. And Ken, Ken came up to me and he says, Bob, I want you to do something. And I thought, uh-oh, what does he want me to do? <laughs> you never know what him. He's totally thinking out of the box all the time. You know, he says, I want you to get involved with this new magazine called Signcraft. I go, what? What do you want me to do? I says, he wants, I want you to send some pictures in. I want you to help them. I had no clue what he was talking about but i thought about it for a while and i i called up uh Seincraft. it was tom tom McLeary. three four months later and we talked and he talked me into just sending some pictures into my work 
explaining what I did, why I did it, and that's all I need to do. This short article, you know, and I've been doing that for 42 years. <laughs> I never look back, you know, and I, and people tell me I've really helped them a lot. And I, I'm, I'm glad of that. I'm glad people were reading it. People understood it. And, and uh, maybe it helped them or so down along the way in some way or another. I don't know, but that's what I hear. So uh, I guess, I guess Ken pushed me into something I never would have done by my own, you know, and God bless the man. You know, we, we've, we've brought this to another level. Uh, helping people out in places where they don't have other sign painters to learn from or whatever you want to say, how that ever works. I don't know. There's a lot of places like that, I guess, you know. Well, that's been, I mean, for me, magazine articles like that, books and stuff, when I can find them and get a hold of them and all, that's that's pretty much, as far as sign painting stuff's concerned, that, that's been my schooling. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that that's the case for a lot of people. I would imagine. I would imagine so. Probably some of them are listening to this podcast right now. I'm sure, you know. But so, thank you. <laughs> oh yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. It's been fun, you know. Yeah, and you fun. know, Bob, I'm actually I actually put on the uh, TV here is a video that you that you put out a while back uh, for Show Card. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I found yeah. It, I found it on YouTube. It's a, it's a whole hour. I think it's an hour and twenty minutes. The Practical Show Card by Bobby Honick. Yeah, that was that was a Ken Millar uh, uh, production, uh, sign knowledge. We did that in uh, in a garage uh, near his house uh, <laughs> one day, and uh, we we got the whole thing together. And it was funny because uh, there wasn't a, there wasn't a lot of show card work going on. And then once we did that video, the whole show card industry just tanked. Like three years later, hmm. it just totally wow. disappeared, just evaporated off the planet. Uh, you know the 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 uh, computers were coming out, and and the show card writers were getting less and less and less, and it just kind of went away. And uh, I think it was oh probably seven or eight years ago, maybe longer. Uh, a girl named Shelby Shelby Rottenheimer, I think was her name. She asked me if she could digitize that and put it on YouTube. I said, sure, fine. That's no problem. So she did. And that's why you're able to see that because she, she got that together. So uh, I can say I've actually watched that probably twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I think it's cool because I, you know, it, it, you know, show cards are uh, not really being used so much anymore, but it's still really fun and interesting to see how you control the, the brush, which way you do the strokes, the, uh, I think, what are they called? The serifs, uh, how you connect those. Uh, I'm, sure. I'm, sure. I'm brand, brand, brand new at even trying to understand any of this stuff uh, for lettering, with lettering. So I just got my first uh, speedball lettering book. Uh, I, I found a, a, a copy. I'm unsure. I think it's like the 22nd edition on eBay. So I'm just mm -hmm. now learning these uh, terms and, and such. So it's, it's actually... Watching the, this video uh, kind of solidifies some of the things that I've been reading. Well, the interesting thing about that video is I'm using uh, the water-based medium mm -hmm. to, to, to do show cards, but I use I use the same process with one shot. Mm -hmm. and it's, it's a different brush and a different paint, but it's the same way of doing it. So it's 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 good if people want to learn how to letter. You don't have to you don't have to look at the water part of it, but the, the use think about it as being paint, any kind of paint. It's the same process. So uh, there, there's vibe. Vibe. How can I say this? It's. Uh, I don't even know the word here. 
it's it's still good. It's still good to to see it because you can learn from it. Yeah, if you're a visual learner, you know it, it, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think maybe thinking like it translates. I think it translates. Right, it translates to another yeah different medium for sure. Absolutely. Well, would the paint for that then the water based paint would it be tempera or gouache or? Well, there was a company called Rich Art Show Card Color. Uh, I think Rich Art's still in business. They make paint for windows, window splashes. But they stopped making the uh, show card color. Oh, I bet it was 25, 30 years ago now. I think they might have quit making the window splash paint, if I remember correctly. Well, that's possible. Yeah, a lot of that's going away. I, I hear that some of the poster color, too, that one shot was making isn't going to be made either. So I don't know what the paper paper sign people are going to wind up using. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a shame, really, because... Of, that's a, that's a big part of our business. Maybe it's just all going away to the, the printed medium now. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but but there's a lot of people out there that still want to learn how to hand letter. You know, there really is, and I just wish that we still had our apprentice programs to uh, send these people to, so they can learn it from the ground up. But there's only one school that I know of, and that is uh, L.A. Trade Tech in Los Angeles. They still have a sign program there. The, the, the instructor just passed away here about a year or so ago. Yeah, Doc friend. Guthrie. Doc, yeah. I knew Doc Guthrie real well. He was a good guy. Good guy. You know. oh, it looks like people are keeping that program around, though. Yeah, he had a helper. I, I don't know his name, but he's. I think he's still running the, the classes, as, as Doc did. So that's good. But you have to live in Los Angeles County, I think, to go to that school. Right, get to move there, so it's it's it's. But those those people that are really dedicated to it, I know they go there and they they take those classes and they learn. So that's good. Well, go I see them. that there's people that are traveling around and doing classes in their own deal. I mean, uh, what was it? I watched the deal the other day that uh, Mike Myers is going around right now from town to town doing classes. Mm -hmm. Have you yeah. yourself ever taught classes or? Most of the classes that I have been involved in the last, probably the last 25 years, have been design-based classes. I, I go around teaching the the uh, golden era of sign design, just like the Beverly, the Beverly uh, look, uh, right. creating creating signage through that that type of design process. I haven't done anything since uh, I went to Oslo, Norway. It was a 2017 a letterhead meet. I had it ran a class there, and I was supposed to go back. Finland, I think, uh, a couple of years later, and then the pandemic hit, and right, and uh, I, I lost my wife, and it was, I just didn't, I just wasn't feeling like traveling overseas to do too much or anything. So, but uh, every once in a while, I'll do a little tiny class or a little impromptu class with some people, just to get a, a you know, get them understanding the process and how to how to come up with the design and all that, but. There wasn't a lot of people interested. It really wasn't. I, I I'm really surprised that uh, again. It takes a lot of a lot of time, a lot of dedicated practice to practice drawing the type, and then right. putting designs together. And one one group of people told me, a younger group of people, right after that sign painter movie came out, that most of the sign work they get to paint is already designed by somebody else at some studio somewhere. They just take it, blow it up, and paint it. They don't do a lot of design work themselves. So that's sad because, you know, the sign painters understand outdoor advertising probably better than any design studio does. 
uh, across, I mean, generally, give or take, you know, the sign people, that's what they did all their lives. They made things readable. You can read things in two to three seconds. You're down the road and everybody's happy. But uh, that's what they told me. And that may be kind of sad because they never get a chance to, uh, to actually do a design for anybody. You know, they never learned that process. So, but what are you going to do? That's just pro progress we're in right now. You know, that's the way I it is. can see that. I mean, the situation that I'm in, I, I don't do a whole lot of sign stuff. I don't even know if I would really consider myself much of a sign painter, but when I get people that do ask about it, it's, I've had a graphic designer, you know, design this, or I, I think that's where they think of is that somebody with computer software has to do the design part, mm -hmm. but it's not something that can be done by hand. You know, it's kind of funny too, because back, Back in the, the, the days right before the computer came out, the 70s, 80s, uh, a lot of the sign people here in, in Chicago that I talk about from our sign, uh, sign prints program, we had, our, we had our own businesses and we were, we were almost to the point where we had a design studio uh, going on with our sign shop studio at the same time. People would come in. And they'd want us to design a logo for them or their truck lettering and or their billboard or their fascia signage. And then we'd we'd produce artwork for their business cards, their stationery, uh, their shirts, their hats, their underwear, whatever they want to put something on. <laughs> we had we had actually had that going for quite a while. And we were we were getting more money for the design up front, not just do the lettering job on the truck. And once this computer thing hit, everybody got one. Everybody, they just progressed from one thing to another. And it took that work right away from whatever we tried to maintain at that, those early days before the computer came out. And I felt so bad about that. We, I mean, where I, where I worked, if people still trusted us, they came in and they had me do some design work and got the whole process together at a disc or whatever. And, but that has, that has gone away a lot more now than, than back then it's it's almost gone you know so it's sad it's sad to say but when when you can buy a real high-end technology to do all this type of work with all these little gadgets and all the what are those things they call the apps and all the little design things you can put you can come up with some pretty interesting logos just from that that type of uh programs and all that but it's still not hand designed it's right those people who want hand design like I said before, they'll still find people like me to do it for them. You know, I had a job. It was a while back. It was designing some door lettering, and I had sketched some stuff out, sent it back to the customer. They weren't really on board with it, and we kind of did that back and forth for a while. And finally, they took out their phone and an app that they had and designed something on that with you know plug and play right. kind of stuff. Right. And they're like this is what we want which to me from my perspective it was very much about the image and had nothing to do with advertisement for the company but right. i right. see a lot of people that that's where their mindset is and then on top of it you know how well, to be able to pick up your phone and do it <laughs> i think the the you know, the general public probably makes the mistake just like a lot of the, the design studios do, not realizing that outdoor advertising is totally different than business card advertising. Business card you can look at for hours, 
but a sign that's outside or a truck has to be understood in in just seconds. Right. And if they don't, if they ever never get that education from people like us, they're never going to know that, and they're going to produce whatever they want to produce from their own computer programs and put it out there, and it's going to fail. How many how many businesses have failed because their signage just didn't meet that parameter? You know what I'm saying? Right. And 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 my my job in in, in my well, shop I worked in for all these years, first thing was to educate every client that walked in to this fact. You know, I, I would, they would bring in, like you were saying, their own little thing that they've done or their daughter or granddaughter, somebody did for them. And they'd tell me, I want a sign like this. And then I would look at it and i say, well, yeah, we could do this and maybe modify that. No, 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 I want it just like this. And then I would, that would very carefully tell them i says well listen if 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 you were open for me to draw up a different idea that i think would work better i would be happy to do that for you i'll make one of your design and i'll make one of this design and we can look at them together and we can kind of come up with a balance of maybe yours and mine or yours or mine okay fine no you know eight times out of ten people will let me do that the other two won't. They'll just want it done, and away they go. And three years later, they come back. This didn't work. But anyway, once I did these designs, I would, I would, I would find out how much distance there was from where you're going to see the sign to where the sign is. Then scale wise, I'd mark off on the floor. Okay, I'm back 30 feet now. I'm going to show you this. I'm only give you two seconds. You tell me if you can understand it. I show them real quick. Put it down. I said, could you see that? Yeah. Okay, now here's the other one. This is what you wanted. Show it up for two seconds, bring it down. I said, which one could you read and understand? And they stand there and smile at me, yours. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of this is education. And that's what, that's what I felt I had to do for these people. And once you do this with your clients, they understand that you're looking after their needs. You're not just producing something they want. Because it looks cool, or their granddaughter did it, or their brother did it, or somebody, I'm looking after their their advertising needs and getting that information to the public. Because I don't know about where you are, but in Chicago here, there's so much distractions with cars and other signs and trucks. You 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 can't see something really really well, real quick. I mean, there's too much stuff going on, so it even makes the visibility even like a second or a second and a half that's all you got maybe at the most so it has to be very very clear and very understandable and i i am so glad for my mentors teaching me all these principles back in the late 60s because i had no idea that i'm going to be using this stuff in the, in 2023 still you know it was it's just it's just an amazing amazing journey uh learning these processes and and education, uh, educating the people, general public. I still like doing that. I'll, I'll stop someday in a restaurant, start talking. You know, people will say, well, how are you doing? And I say, hey, you know, your sign out there, where'd you get that done? And blah, 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 you know. And I said, you know, speeding out here is 50 miles an hour. I says, you can't really read that sign really well. What do you mean you can't read? I said, come on out, we'll look at it. And we talking a little bit here and there. And before you know it, he's Order a new sign. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my that's my retired or tired 
job now to go around and just <laughs> talk to people, you know. <laughs> and they listen to me, so that's a good thing, you know. So, well, I think uh-oh. I think Ready? that still shows that you know you're very passionate about what you do, and I think I think deep down inside you are you are an educator, you know. Mm-hmm. And you're and I think that might be a way for you to be able to you know pass down your knowledge even even uh, in a casual situation. I think that's great. I think there's even a need for a a work a workbook uh, for that too, for uh, educating educating clients. It's never been never been touched on in a sign business, as far as I know. I've done, I've never read anything anywhere in some publication about that subject. I think it's Ever. a good idea. Maybe that could be a, another part of your uh, tired uh, retired. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got I got to think about that one. But yeah, it's it's really true. I I, I should have some, even a workshop on it just to tell people uh, how to how to educate people for this. You know, but well, I I think even a, with pinstriping, there's kind of a a need to understand that as well. Um, you know that I'm 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 still new at all of it. So, but even even when I'm speaking to somebody that wants pinstriping done, I, I'm still uh, have to struggle on how to explain to them what would look good and accent the situation without it being overboard. Or you know, I think you sure. also have to educate sure. them on 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 that. You know, because I, I do a lot of just artwork, and sometimes folks show me my own artwork and they say, "Hey, how about something like this?" But that's not really going to translate well on a vehicle because it's I'm doing this as a, a kind of like a wow piece, right? Everything I do is with art is just kind of to to wow to to have fun with, but it's not going to translate the same on a vehicle generally. No, no, it's not. It's not. And I think I think the uh, the same the same principles hold true in a pinstripe as they do signage. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, if you if you like I mentioned before, if you letter the truck. The pinstriping is definitely secondary. Yes. But if there's no lettering on the truck or the car or whatever it is, the pinstriping is your your main your main focus. Yes, sir. And and it depends on it depends on how visible they want this pinstriping mm-hmm. to be. Like, do you want to see the car first or the truck first, or do you want to see the pinstriping first? So you have to go into to the contrast then of of the reflectability of each color uh, to to look good on this this vehicle and. If once you explain this to people, they go, "Oh yeah," because people want white on blue, dark blue. But I said, "You're going to see this stripe from 40 miles away. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to see your car. You know that that kind of thing. That's education. You know, so those principles are very very similar uh, to, to, to both both mediums. You know, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think we're all trying to find our way in this uh, modern era with uh, with uh, an analog form, right? Right, right. Uh, I don't, you know, I do, that's a, I know there's a question that uh, Jack uh, likes to ask sometimes is where, where do you see, do you see it progressing upward? How, how do you see this, uh, both these art forms kind of progressing? Do you feel like they're moving in a positive direction? Uh, I do. I do. I, I, I've been involved with uh, a lot of the younger uh, people here in the Brushmaster group in the last 16, 17 years in Milwaukee for the last 20 years. There's a lot of younger people that have come up and they're very interested because, because they see us actually painting at these shows and they're like, 
how, how do you learn how to do this? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a slow process. You, you kind of educate them to what, what you're doing and all that. And, and now we've, we're running classes for pinstriping here in, in the Chicago area. We've been doing that for quite a while. Just getting people's fingers dirty, you know, getting them to understand design and, and, and brush usage and all that. But there's a, a, a huge amount of young people in this area, in, in the Milwaukee and Chicago area that I know of that have started here in the last 20 years and they've become very good at it. And that is, is a positive for your answer your question for the pinstriping out of it. Sign business here, the sign people, there's a lot of younger people that are doing a lot of sign work, a lot of hand-painted sign work in the, in the upper Midwest here that we didn't have before. The sign movie kind of pushed them over the edge. They saw this movie and they thought, Oh, I can do that. You know, there's, there's one lady in, uh, in Michigan here that I've known for the last few years. She was an art teacher. And she just got fed up with it. She just walked away and started a sign business. Now she, her and her, her, and her uh, friend are going around paying signs everywhere all over southwest Michigan. And they're doing really well. They're having a blast. That's awesome. So, so I, that's just one, one case. Now, there's a lot more I know of in the city, especially in Chicago proper. Younger, younger people, they like gold leaf work, mm -hmm. and they do gold leaf windows. And I, I'm totally blown away because in our, in, our, in our apprentice program, the last thing you learned after you learned everything else the proper way was gold leafing on glass, reverse glass gilding. But they do that. That The first thing they wanted to do is that. that they've done it before they do anything else. And they're doing really well at it. There's people all over Chicago putting these beautiful gold leaf windows up all around town you go down there now and it's like whoa where's this coming from so that is 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 perpetuating itself i see great things coming in the sign business here especially in this city for for that now they want to learn how to do regular commercial sign painting now they want to they want to branch off into the everyday sign work that's great you know again there's no school here there's no school so they have to learn on YouTube and, you know, whatever they can find on social media. And they're, they're learning. They're, they're picking it all up. They're learning it all. It's just, it's a, maybe it's a faster process, seeing it visually on screen like that. We didn't have that when I was coming up through this trade. And they're learning it quicker. And it doesn't take five years now. It takes maybe two years or three years to learn just basics. So I see that as a positive, too. I see it. I see it good. I mean, there's there's a lot of work out there for everybody. I I, I really believe that. I, I myself, I'm 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 old, and there are people are coming to me for all this stuff they want done. And I want to ride drive off in the sunset one of these days. I'm not going to be able to because of this. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's getting it's it's more now than it was before. You know. So yeah, I do. It's it's a positive. I see I see good things coming down the road. I really do. Well, I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, and, you know, I think uh, that's, again, one of the reasons uh, Jack had mentioned this, trying to do this podcast, is to try to understand uh, not only folks' uh, pasts and what they did to get to this point, but also their, their mindset on, you know, where things might be heading towards the future. So. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Jack, did you have any other uh, questions that you had in mind for Bob here? No, not that I can think of. Maybe we should ask our 
final question we usually ask. Yeah, Bob, we're, we're, we're getting towards the towards the end here, so we don't take up too too much of your time. But uh, oh, it's been great. It's been a lot of fun just rehashing all these memories and stuff. It's been a great career. Oh, we love it, man. We're, we're here yeah. for it. But uh, here is the final question that we like to ask uh, everybody that comes on the show is, uh, if there is one particular story that is memorable, you know, fun, funny, scary, or something that happened to you along your travels that you'd like to share with the uh, listeners? Yeah, there sure is. And I've, 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 I, I can remember it like it was yesterday. I won't tell you from the beginning. All right. Again, again, I was... I'm always I'm always there at the shop to beat customers as they walk in the front door, and kind of uh, get them to tell me what they want and get me get me some information of a basic format of what they're trying to do and so on and so forth. Well, one day I get I get a, a message uh, uh, from the shop says I got to come to the office. There's a young lady that comes come here to talk to me about lettering her her van, her cargo van. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the ladies were always interesting, and they're always fun to talk to because they're so emotional. They they got they use their hands, they're talking, and you know they're all excited about what they're going to do. And so I walk in the office, and there's this there's this beautiful young lady standing there, and I asked her, I says, "How can I help you?" Oh, I just bought this brand new uh, it was a GMC cargo van. It's white. I own a flower shop. I want to put a big flower on there and. And put some lettering and make it look kind of old and cool and 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 fun and blah blah blah. So I went through my whole process of of telling her what I just what I just told you guys in the last hour and a quarter of how you go about doing all this. Mm-hmm. I says, well, is do you have a logo of some kind? Oh yeah, I do, I do. I says, well, can you get me a copy of the logo and and maybe I can make a design for you. It, and you can look at it, and you can decide if you want to change it or make it the way I, I drew it or whatever, so on and so forth. Oh, yeah, sure. So I'm thinking, okay, she's going to go in her car or go in her purse and pull this out and show it to me. And I says, well, you don't have a copy? Oh, no, I got it. I got it. And I'm standing there looking at her, and she undoes her blue jeans and pulls her pants down, her underwear down to her halfway to her knees. She's got this rose tattooed right on her side of her leg, right by her crotch. <laughs> <laughs> and there's this long, long period of silence. And I'm standing there looking at her. I go, can I take a picture of that? <laughs> and, and the secretary, our secretary, I heard a thump. She fell off her chair. <laughs> <laughs> so I I did never took the picture. I, I had a mental vision of what I saw. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> we we actually did the job. She loved it and I mean she was a, she was one of our good customers for, for many years after, after that. But I never ever had that opportunity <laughs> to get a logo like like she she had. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was something else. That was, I'll was, never forget that. That was fun. But yeah, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> the logo wow. of the lifetime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. So we appreciate it. Well, we just want, you know, I just want to say your, your, uh, your energy is contagious, man. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm more hyped up talking to you uh, to sling some paint, and I always love seeing your work. 
Um, well, thank you. Thank you. It's been a really, real honor to be on this podcast with you guys. I, I, I always figured myself more of a sign guy than a pinstriper, but somehow, somehow I, I blended it all together and worked it together and it's all one artwork now, not just two. So yeah. Thank and, you you. Know, and you know, I think, I think it's like one arm and, a, and another arm to the same body. I think in the end, right. the more we right. talk to pinstripers, there is a, a you know, it's, you can't, you can't really do pinstriping without sign painting and, and sign painting kind of goes hand in hand. In the end, there's going to be some filigree usually that uh, goes along the way with it. Oh, sure. Absolutely. You can't have a truck without some pinstriping on it. That's the way I look at it, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Turning yeah, time thank you and very much. Hopefully that helps some people with what I've said. Yeah, you know. we appreciate your time, Bob, and uh, we thank you very, very much for coming on the show. You're welcome. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. All right. You too. Thank you. Ready. Yeah, ready. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.